you are desperate to get a sense of not only your fate, uh, but our collective future. They really are taking this hard. This is their their business, this is their livelihood, and in most cases, this is their passion. So um, it's been really tough. While some businesses in San Diego are opening their doors, others remain stuck in limbo. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. Earlier this week, the San Diego Gulls announced the cancellation of the rest of their AHL hockey season, and no one's quite sure when they'll be able to open Pachanga Arena to fans again. In just a moment, I'll be joined by the Gulls' president of business operations, Matt Savant, to discuss how he's dealing with employees, players, coaches, and the uncertainty brought on by COVID-19. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Thursday, May 14th. The CDC released new guidance on how businesses and schools can safely reopen during the pandemic. It's the most specific instruction yet on how to avoid an outbreak. The guidance references decision tools that are unique to each kind of business. For instance, restaurants are asked whether they're ready to encourage social distancing among customers, as well as offer flexible leave time for employees. Meantime, schools would have to close the building for up to five days to clean and disinfect if someone is confirmed to have COVID-19. Governor Gavin Newsom announced deep cuts are ahead for schools and government services as the state tries to account for a $54 billion budget deficit. As painful as the state's budget may be, personal budgets for so many of you watching are even more devastating. You've exhausted your savings. uh, Your credit has been completely destroyed. Uh, You are desperate to get a sense of not only your fate, uh, but our collective future. Since mid-March, more than four and a half million Californians have filed for unemployment. The governor says more cuts may come before the end of the year, but he aims to erase the deficit by early next spring. Nearly three million more Americans filed for unemployment this week, bringing the total since the pandemic began to more than 36 million people. This comes as Sandag releases a report looking at unemployment in the North County. Found that more than 30% of people in downtown Oceanside alone are unemployed. An economist says the North County could be hit harder than other areas because many people in that region live where they work. San Diego County is looking for a way to jumpstart our local economy. Yesterday, the Board of Supervisors met in closed session to discuss legal options against Governor Newsom. The supervisors want to reopen local businesses quicker than the current state's process will allow. Chairman Greg Cox says there's strong proof that the county is ready to move forward safely. Our goal is to work aggressively within that process and submit alternative data that we believe supports an accelerated reopening that protects both workers and the public. The supervisors will continue to discuss the plan on Tuesday. San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer announced new reopenings at our lakes and reservoirs beginning tomorrow. Lake Murray Reservoir and Lake Miramar Reservoir open for public access, including walking, jogging, bike riding, fishing, and boating. Uh, The following will be opening on Saturday, May 16th. That will be the Lower Otai Lake Reservoir. That will be open for public access, including walking, jogging, biking, fishing, and boating as well. Uh, Per the county rules, parking lots at these three facilities will be open at 50% capacity. The mayor says bathrooms will be cleaned every two hours. CDC requirements for facial coverings and social distancing will be monitored. 
El Capitan, Otay, and San Vicente reservoirs are still closed, but the mayor promised an update next week. As we told you yesterday, San Diego's tribal casinos are making plans to reopen, and it looks like there's nothing county or state officials can do to stop them. 10 News anchor Lindsay Pena talked to an expert about what's becoming a thorny issue. State and local governments, uh, you know, do not have jurisdiction over tribal lands and would not have any authority to stop any um, tribal gaming facility from reopening. James Majesto is an attorney specializing in Native American law. He says tribal governments make the decisions when it comes to their gaming operations. When coronavirus surfaced, there was no federal directive forcing them to close. They did it on their own. The National Indian Gaming Commission, the NIGC for short, um, made clear that they were not um, going to issue any sort of blanket order closing tribal casinos in the country. So when it comes to reopening, it's up to each individual tribe. Majesto says it's in the casino's best interest to make sure staff and guests are as safe as possible. I don't think any of them have made either decisions to reopen or are planning to reopen if they don't feel that there are adequate safety measures in place. Lindsay Pena, 10 News. So far, only three San Diego area casinos have announced dates for their reopening next week, Viejas, Saquon, and Valley View. The San Diego Symphony's inaugural season at The Shell has been postponed for an entire year due to COVID-19. The Shell is the first permanent waterfront concert venue on the West Coast. It was set to open in July with the Symphony Orchestra and other big names. The San Diego Symphony is extending invitations to all the 2020 performers to be part of the 2021 inaugural season. Plus, the OB Street Fair and Chili Cook-Off has also been postponed until next year. The festival was scheduled for June 25th. About 70,000 people attend every year. Organizers say they're canceling this year's event out of an abundance of caution. Other big cancellations this summer include the Big Bay Boom, San Diego County Fair, and Comic-Con. As part of our initiative, The Rebound, 10 News continuing to look at ways we bounce back from the pandemic. What happens for a business, though, that is facing an extended closure with an uncertain future? Joining me today is the president of business operations for the San Diego Gulls. The AHL recently announced the cancellation of the rest of their season. Matt Savant is with me. Matt, it is good to talk to you. I know a tough time for, for hockey fans in San Diego, but I appreciate your time. Yeah. Hey, Ben, uh, thanks for having us on. And yes, not the circumstances that you and I usually uh, sit down and talk about. We're normally talking about uh, big goals and big hits and playoff hockey, but a uh, different topic this time. And over the past couple of months, uh, you've been exploring ways that, that perhaps you guys could finish the season. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that process and, and what it's been like to try to determine what the immediate future is, is for goals hockey. Yeah, I've, um, this has been a really unique couple of months for me from a business standpoint. I've been in professional hockey for almost 20 years with the Mighty Ducks and the Ducks and now the Goals. And um, I've been through lockouts and I've been through some, you know, somewhat uncertain times. But um, this is something that really tested kind of the leadership of the whole company and uh, my staff and myself. And it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a learning experience. But as you can imagine, when the pause first happened in mid-March, it was a uh, of a discussion about we're going to be safe and we're going to hold off for a couple of weeks and there was always this kind of anticipation that tomorrow brings a new day and as the weeks turned into months and uh, you know here we are over two months later 
Um, we started to have more serious discussions about, unfortunately, canceling the season, canceling the regular season, and just doing playoffs. There was a, a, a real variety of options that we were looking at, and then uh, what goes along with that is a budget and a business plan. So we've actually been very busy going through the process and thinking of every possible scenario. And then just last Friday, we uh, uh, made the final decision to cancel the season. How has the process been like with your employees? Uh, you know, people who work in your ticket office, uh, people who work at the arena for games and, and how to handle that the, the right way to do it while also, you know, trying to, to maintain your business going forward and not drown in red ink. Um, as you know, because you've been around my staff over the years, um, it's, a, it's a young group, but it's a very passionate group. So uh, like myself, they really are taking this hard. This is their their business, this is their livelihood, and in most cases, this is their passion. There's really a, a hockey knowledgeable group of people that are working for the goals. So um, it's been really tough, uh, to be honest. Um, when we sent everybody home in March, um, it was difficult because a lot of our younger staff is comfortable kind of telecommuting. You know, some, some departments are able to do it a little bit, um, you know, maybe in the off season, but to go to full time, it's not our uh, average day to day. And when you're, when you're looking at a, a hockey season or a hockey team, the in-person collaboration between departments is paramount. For us to be able to have the marketing group sit with the ticketing group in kind of a quick one-off meeting in the kitchen or something, that actually spurs productivity and it spurs an idea. So to go through the process of being separated, it's um, it's been a learning curve. Uh, it's been it's been difficult, um, and I, I know a lot of businesses are are dealing with it. But it's it's something we've learned to overcome in the couple last couple of months. Um, but yeah, it's been a u- unique and new experience for us all. Now that you're uh, entering a new phase with the cancellation of the season, you're obviously used to an off-season period, so I guess that makes things a little bit different. But what does that future planning process look like in such uncertain times, not knowing even even when you start that next season around October, what that's going to look like? It has been, uh, like I said, a unique exercise. So uh, right now, we have probably about eight to 10 different budgets and eight to 10 different business plans that all begin in October. And with every potential scenario, and you've read about them in the local news for all sports, and it could be lesser fans, could be no fans, it could be a full capacity, we need to be prepared so that when the, uh, the, the version that is approved and comes true from the CDC, the local government, state uh, guidelines, we have a plan for it. So it's been uh, it's been fun to kind of be creative and think, okay, so if this happens, this is where we're going to end up. And if it happens like this, we'll need to think about it from this angle. And really what we want to look at is our season ticket holders, our partners, and our fans that are coming in every day. That's the focus. So when they get there, they're still having that goals experience, which we all know is unbelievable and super exciting. Uh, but safety now has to become the primary focus. We are making sure that the arena is ready for a safe re-entry. The players are safe. Our staff is safe. It's um, it's a new way to look at things, and it's it's important because we need to win back the trust of all of our fans so that when they come, they feel this is this is safe, this is comfortable, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm sure there's a lot of fans who are kind of wondering how are you know players and coaches doing. You know, how, how have you talked to them and how are they being able to kind of maintain their uh, both physical preparation and mental preparation through this time? 
Yeah, so uh, speaking with our coach, uh, he has been checking with, checking in with our entire roster uh, weekly, and he goes through, and each guy still has a fitness plan that they're working on from our strength and conditioning coaches. So each guy, based on their body type and kind of their goals for fitness, are still working out at home. Uh, the unique situation is none of them can skate. Uh, there, there are no rinks that are open in their local markets or areas, so uh, probably for the first time ever, in some cases, these guys haven't skated for a couple of months. Uh, so they're doing, uh, you know, workouts at home or, you know, in the neighborhood and, and when they can stay fit. There's a funny video of Chase DeLeo, one of our uh, uh, forwards on the team who happens to be from California. His family has a, a little bit of a farm and there was horses in the background and dogs running around and he's on the exercise bike and is just doing what he can to stay fit at home. And while the, the AHL season has been canceled, the NHL hasn't done the same. And I'm sure some of your players uh, still could hold out hope that they, they might be needed, you know, for a, a end of season run, uh, potentially with the Ducks if they got called up. So they can't just say, OK, well, we'll see you in a couple of months and just take take things off. Right. Yeah. Mentally, they need to stay fresh. Uh, we're all hopeful that uh, the NHL is uh, able to figure out a way to end the season and then ultimately start the playoffs. That's what we're all hoping for. So because of that, all of our players are connected to the Anaheim Ducks in one way or another and could be called up. So that's uh, still a, an uh, exciting opportunity for these guys. So the, uh, the need to stay in shape and focused is, is paramount for these players because they could be thrown into an NHL game anytime. Well, Matt, I know we all look forward to that day, whenever it is, that we can get back to uh, the arena and watch some some gulls hockey, and I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, and I look forward to having everybody back at the Pachanga Arena. It's going to be fun. We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. After serving 10 years in the military, a local veteran is still staying busy while giving back. From his garage in Santee, Zachary Lewis and his wife Jamie run Integrity Bottles. It's a custom glassware business they created while serving abroad. After the COVID-19 pandemic hit, they linked up with a local distillery, Liberty Call, and started creating hand sanitizer. It definitely humbles you. When you go through the service, you know, you're, you're taught um, a good code of ethics to live by. Um, and basically, if you're not serving others, you're, you're kind of being selfish. So we, we always want to give back. They're giving away bottles to frontline workers and donating other profits to first responders, healthcare workers, and military veterans. Lewis and his wife also run a nonprofit providing veteran families with relief and support through the pandemic. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery, but we haven't lost our way. We know who we are, a community that will meet the moment and rise above obstacles. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans recover from the turmoil created by the coronavirus. We'll get back on our feet, find jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.